If you have your Bible, open it to Matthew 5. We look at verses 13 through 16. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus meets you where you are, but he doesn't leave you there. Jesus meets you where you are, but he doesn't leave you there. He lovingly shepherds you to the place he wants you to be in life. If you believe this in your heart, then then you will strive to have a resolution for a lifetime. A resolution for a lifetime. It's not a New Year's resolution that, that changes year after year. Instead, it's one. It's one resolution that remains the same all the days of your life. It's a resolution to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, to glorify Jesus. It's not three resolutions, it's just one with three expressions. For those who know Jesus in saving faith, you will strive to enjoy Jesus in relationship. And what comes next is you live in a lifestyle that glorifies Jesus. This morning we're going to talk about the final expression of of a resolution for a lifetime, and that is to glorify Jesus. And so if you have your Bible, open it to Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. This is God's word to you, his people. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is God's word. Please pray with and for me. Father, as we come to your truth, we need your Holy Spirit, Father, to come. He has to come. The Spirit and the Word always work together, Lord. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm just a man. And so, Father, if He doesn't come, lives are not changed. Father, the Spirit doesn't move, hearts are not changed. People are not brought into the kingdom. People are not restored from brokenness. We need the Holy Spirit to move, Father, in this place in our hearts. We need him to empower and to equip us to go back out into the world and to love and to fight one more day, one more week. We can do nothing apart from you. And that includes worship. We cannot worship you apart from you. We cannot receive your word apart from you. So Holy Spirit, you are our helper, our counselor, And so we beg that you will come and move in our hearts. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. In Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, Jesus teaches his disciples how they should function in their fallen and broken world. He's teaching them how to function. He calls them to live a lifestyle that would actually bring glory to God the Father. He calls them to live a lifestyle 
that would bring glory to God the Father. And this same call, this same teaching applies to each of you today. So first, there's the lifestyle of being salt of the earth. Salt of the earth is the lifestyle. A lifestyle for believers. And genuine believers, those who truly know Jesus, know him through saving faith, where they trust him. And they also enjoy him in relationship. And they strive to live a lifestyle that glorifies him as well. Please understand, as Americans within American culture, you are set apart from the culture in which you live. Wherever you are, wherever God has you at this moment, you are called to be set apart. Why? Why? Because the day that Jesus saved you, the day that Jesus saved your soul, everything about you changed. Everything about you changed. Everything is different. Your life after death is different because you know when you die, where do you go? You go to glory. Your destiny has changed. The life that you live in the here and now has changed. Even you yourself has changed. A sinner redeemed into a saint, an enemy redeemed into a friend, or orphan adopted into God's family. Your sons, your daughters of the king. That's who you are. Everything about you should be different than those who don't know Jesus. Your values, your passions, your allegiance, and whom you glorify should all be different. And Jesus says to you, you are salt of the earth. Now we know his original intent was to the disciples, the twelve, but he's also talking to you in 2015. You are the salt of the earth. You have actually been made salt of the earth by Jesus. As salt, you have a kingdom influence on earth. Influence in your relationships, in communities, on your job, in government, wherever you're serving, you can have a kingdom influence. You're the salt of the earth to those who insult you, who persecute you, and who slander you. So the question that, that we should be asking ourselves is, do I live a lifestyle of being solid to earth? Think about your life. Think about your family. Do I live a lifestyle of being solid to earth in my job, in my neighborhood, in my church, Reflect on it. Salt has two unique qualities about it. First, it preserves. Salt has the, the ability to prevent decay. So if you take a piece of meat and you rub salt in it, the salt will preserve the meat from decay. You see, we don't, we don't, have, we don't use salt that way because we have refrigerators and deep freezers. But there was a time when people didn't have those things. In some countries, people still don't. So they have to use salt. They rub it in their meat. And what does the salt do? The salt draws out the moisture and it, and, it, and, it, and it prevents the survival of decay of the bacteria. It kills the bacteria. So as salt of the earth, you should have the same function to preserve life, to prevent decay, to preserve relationships, communities, 
schools, society. You, shouldn't want, you should not want to see things break down, is the point. And so the earth, the, your lifestyle, you should think about your life differently. Think about it. Think about your lifestyle. Think about your life differently. That, that you are set apart for a reason. And Jesus wants you to be salt and light in every area, area of your life. Please understand, he's not talking to pagans when he's saying these words. He's not talking to the unbeliever. He's talking to the believer, the church, the church universal. Not just the village church, but all churches who call upon his name. Be salt of the earth. Even in the mundane of life, even in, the, even in the normal places of your life, you can be salt and light. You can be salt to your family, to your neighborhood, in your school, in your relationships, or whatever. Functioning salt and light means you do fight against evil. You do stand up for truth and justice. You fight against those things. It means you want to preserve marriage, life, dignity, or value of other people. You do all those in word and deed. And so look at your life again. Do you live a salt and a salt of earth lifestyle that preserves and prevents decay. Please understand, the unbeliever can't do this, not in the way that Jesus is talking. Only the church can. But will we? The second ability of salt is to what? The salt seasons, right? Seasons means, to season something means you make it more lively, make it more exciting. It brings out the flavor in food. Usually if you're cooking some food and if it doesn't have taste, you add some salt to give it flavor. Not a lot of salt. I cooked the meal last night. I had too much salt. But you season, it gives it more flavor. It gives it more of a taste. And so you season life with the gospel. That's how you season life. Guess what? Unbelievers can't season life with the gospel. Only the believers can. Only those who have faith in Jesus can season this world with gospel truth and gospel deeds. And you do that by how you live your life and what you value and how you relate to one another as believers, how you relate to your spouse, how you raise and discipline your kids. You season the world with those things. The way you use social media should be different than the way unbelievers do. You should bring a different flavor to Facebook and Twitter. Even in American politics, you should bring a different flavor than the unbeliever as believers. Sometimes we go with the unbeliever flavor, but you should bring the gospel flavor even to that. But do we? Your life should bring a different taste to life as believers. A different taste about life. You should give it something that it never had before, namely the presence of Jesus being seen through your life. Think about that. Jesus can be seen through your life, the way you live your life. A hope, a love, compassion, mercy, your character, your integrity, your humility, your forgiveness, your repentance, not returning evil for evil, but with good. 
And again, only believers can be sold to earth. Can be sold to earth. And you do it, why? For Jesus' glory. Not our own glory. You, Jesus made you salt and light the, the day he called you into God's kingdom. And through God's Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit, you can have a kingdom impact in the world. You can. A kingdom impact through the Holy Spirit. And so you don't function this way in your own strength. This is not some stuff you just checklist. This is what you pray for. This is what you ask the Holy Spirit to mold you for. Because so, Jesus will shake you out and rub you into every area of this life so that you can have impact, so you can prevent decay, and so you can preserve things. But do you want that? Are you being salt that preserves and salt that seasons? Or have you lost your saltiness? Have you lost your saltiness? Jesus says if, if salt has lost its taste, how shall, it be, how shall the saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Well, what do you mean by that, Alex? Here's what I mean. What Jesus is talking about here is that some believers have lost their influence and their witness in the world by the way they carry themselves. Please know that the church in America is slowly, slowly losing her prophetic voice day by day. Day by day. And if, we, if things don't change, what happened in Europe will also happen to America when it comes to the church. Because in Europe, the church is dead. There's no prophetic, there's no prophetic voice anymore. At one point, it was. But she's not there anymore. And, and we are headed down that same path in America following our European brothers and sisters. So look at your life. Where is your prophetic voice? Your influence? Your flavor? This is the church at large. We cannot lose that. We are here to preserve. We're here to prevent decay. And there are two things that, that can cause you to lose your saltiness as a believer. First it is you can isolate yourself from the world around you. You completely retire from the world. You refuse to engage the world. You refuse to engage culture. You refuse to engage in order to preserve and to, and to season. Instead, it's all about the covenant community of believers. And we turn a blind eye to a dying and broken world. It's just us. Well, I don't want to deal with what's going on out there. So we're just going to focus on what's in here. And if we do that, you lose your saltiness. We will lose our saltiness if we completely isolate ourselves from the world. Because remember, only the church can be salt of the earth. No one else. Not in the sense that Jesus is talking about. One Christian says, to improve society is not worldliness, but love. To wash your hands of society is not love, but worldliness. Have you washed your hands of America? Look at America. We love living here. There are things we love about it, things we don't love about it. Have you washed your hands of it? Or will you seek to preserve, seek to fight, Seek to be salt. Not, sit, not, not posting stuff on Facebook and Twitter, but are you willing to get your hands dirty? It's easy to post stuff. It's a different thing to be in the fight and get your hands dirty. Are you in the game? 
for Jesus' sake. Are you in the game? Have you washed your hands of the world around you, your neighbors, your coworkers, those who are on the other end of the political aisle? Have you washed your hands of them? Have you washed your hands of, uh, of injustice, fighting for the least of these? Have you just said, I'm done? Have you washed your hands of, of striving to love your enemy as yourself? If you need, if you have, then you need to go do business with Jesus and repent. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be salt and light, to empower you to be so. But pastor, you don't understand these sinners and devils, you may say. I probably don't. But don't forget, you too were one of them at one point in your life. And Jesus didn't wash his hands of you. If Jesus washed his hands of you, where would you be? And how can you say I wash my hands of so and so? Because if we treat, if Jesus treats us the way we treat certain people, none of you would be here. None of you would be here. Remember, you were God's enemy. We always forget that. And I always remind you of it. You were God's enemy when Jesus died for you. You weren't a friend. You were enemy. But yet he laid down his life for you. So he's calling you to follow in his steps when it comes to this world. Be salt and light for her. Be, what, be for her what I was for you. For some people, you may be the, the, the Jesus that you may be the only Jesus they see in this life. So you ask Jesus to help you to live, to be that salt and light for them in the way you live your life. His love should compel you to be salt and light. His love should compel you not to isolate yourself from a dying and broken world. His love should compel you not to wash your hands of it. Because he does not wash his hands of you. Remember, to improve society is not worldliness, but love. To wash your hands of it is not love, but worldliness. Where are you? The second way believers can lose their saltiness is by completely blending in with the world. I call that assimilation. So, you don't isolate yourselves. You just jump right on in. You just party up. I'm going to assimilate into culture, American culture. I'm just going to live it up. And you do so, so much that the unbelievers can't tell you, even the believer. Because you value and live the same lifestyle they live. And so when they look at your life, they don't see salt. They say, well, you're you just like me. You worship what I worship. You're just as materialistic as me. And so, Jesus, but here he's saying, don't completely assimilate now into the world we live in, but you, you, you engage in order to have impact. You engage to influence them, not so they influence you. All of us are guilty of this, because all of us are sinners. And so I'm preaching to my own heart here, because we all struggle with this. This is, us how, this is us mixing and blending our faith with things like politics, cultural traditions, personal preferences, to the point where the faith is misrepresented. And when we do that, we lose our prophetic voice. We lose our saltiness. The faith, our faith stands above everything else in this culture. It's not our faith here. Our faith dictates how we see everything else. Everything else doesn't dictate our faith. 
Your faith should dictate the way you see family, the way you see education, the way you see government, the way you see church, the way you see all of life. Your faith dictates that. It should. But pastor, didn't Paul say we should become all things to all men? Yes, he did. But he didn't tell you to compromise the faith in doing so. He didn't tell you to compromise your Christian character in doing so. What our country needs, what America needs, is a church to be the church and stop crawling behind the coattails of false gods in our culture or stop trying to build our own kingdom. That's what America needs, the church to be the church. Where we strive to be salt and light in the earth, where we preserve and season our society. Salt of the earth is just one lifestyle that he calls you to live. The second one is to be the light of the world. The light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. These words should sound familiar to your ears because Jesus himself came into this world as a light. The Gospel of John talks about, it, about this. He says, Jesus is the life. The life is the light of man. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. In John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In John 12, 35, Jesus says, Believe in the light that you may become sons of light. You see what Jesus is saying here? While he was here, he's saying, I am the light of the world. But when he ascended, now he's saying, you are now light of the world as well. Think about that. You, his people, his church, are the light of the world. How does that make you feel? Are you in awe of that? Or is it just water down your back or sand in your hand? If you have saving faith in Jesus, you have been brought out of darkness. You have been brought out of darkness of your sin. And you're now in the light. And you have the light of life in you. You are a son and daughter of the light. And Psalm 36, 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light, we do see light. Because of your faith in Jesus, you have been made light of the world. Wherever God has you, you have been made light there. Just like you have been made salt, you have been light there. And light, salt, you've been light of the world, speaks to your influence, the lifestyle you choose to live in this world. What will your unbelie- If you have unbelieving friends, what would they say about you? Your coworkers, what would they say about you? Your neighbors. Well, they say, I see Jesus in this person. And seeing Jesus in you doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that. It just means they see something about the way you live your life and your values and how you deal with people. And you keep in short accounts. You offer forgiveness. You have character. You have integrity. You have compassion. That's what I'm talking about. You're honest. You own your mistakes. You don't run over people to get your way. They see these qualities in you that flow from Christ in you. Only those who have seven faith in Jesus can be light of the world in the way Jesus is talking about. And what can light do? Light makes things visible. 
It exposes things. Light offers clearness. It sets direction. So as a believer, you have been made light of the world in the lowercase sense, not the capital case sense, lowercase, because you're simply a reflection of Jesus to the world in which you live. All the people you come in contact with on a daily basis, you should reflect Christ to them. You are walking and living testimony of Jesus' mercy and his goodness. Only the church can do that. Only church can do that. Your marriage, your family should be a testimony of God's goodness. How you do your job should be a testimony of God's goodness. This week there were uh, several full moons out um, this week shining really bright in the sky. But, 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 but most of us know that the light shining from the moon does not come from the moon, right? It comes from the sun. The moon does not have its own light source. It simply reflects the light of the sun. And that same thing should be true of your life. You are a reflection of the sun. Not S-U-N, but S-O-N in your life. Be the moon to the world around you. My good friend, Michael, uh, Pastor Mike Jones, when, when I was installed as senior pastor at the Village Church, he gave me a charge. And, and in that charge, he said, Alex, I charge you to be the moon in your ministry. And what he was telling me is, Reflect Jesus, not yourself. Reflect Christ and not yourself. And that same charge I give to each of you. If you're a dad, reflect Jesus in your role as a dad. If you're a mom, reflect Jesus in your role as a mom. As parents, reflect Jesus in your role as parents. As a married couple, reflect Jesus in your role in your marriage. So wherever you are, wherever God has you, you're not there by accident. You're there to reflect Christ to those who don't know Christ to be the light to them, to point them to Jesus. Paul says in in, in Philippians 3, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, we shine as lights in the world. Do we live in a crooked and twisted generation, or was it just Paul's day? We too live in such a generation, and we are to shine as lights pointing people to Jesus, exposing darkness, and we do it all for Christ's glory. How? Through our good works. Through the good works that we do. One Christian said, good works are works of love as well as works of faith. Works of love are works of kindness, compassion, mercy. For here at the Village Church, this means we walk alongside of one another in spirit of mutual brokenness. That's what we do. That's, a, that's our church. If you're a guest here, I want you to know you're sitting around some broken, messy people. And if you join us, you'll be one of us. Just as broken and just as messy. That's who we are. And so we enter each other's lives knowing that none of us are better than another person. We serve one another, not expect anything in return. That's works of faith. We hold each other accountable. We keep short accounts. Because we have to, because that's what? We're sinners. You sin against me, I'm going to sin against you. But you know what? If I do, come to me and we'll deal with it. Don't go talk to somebody else about it. Come to me. Works of faith. What are are those? Sharing the gospel. Evangelism. is one of the best ways we function as light in the world. And that is 
We have a message of true change, of true hope. We have a message that, that can really bring peace to people who need peace. And that is the gospel message. And only the church can share that message with a dying world. And so my challenge for myself and for us this new year, when it comes to function as light, when it comes to evangelism, that we will not just share it with our lifestyle, but we will just share it with our words as well. Telling people about the good news of the gospel is something that only the church can do. Who does God bring you in contact with every day? The kid plays sports. You come in contact with unbelievers every day. I know I do. I haven't shared my faith since October. That's a long time to go without sharing the gospel. But I want us to be intentional this year about sharing the gospel with those that God brings us in contact with, with our lifestyle as well as with our deeds and our words, inviting folks to church, inviting them to our small groups. You have to think about your life differently to be salt and light in the world, to remember that we were redeemed for a reason, that the Great Commission, not just for the 12 disciples, but it's for us as well. You don't have to go overseas to be a missionary for God. You are in the mission field right in your neighborhood, on your job, in your groups, the people you contact with, people at the grocery store, wherever you shop for grocery, hey, that's a mission field there, wherever, Walmart, Target, wherever. If we think about our life differently, ask the Holy Spirit to help you be salt and light to the world in which we live. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you that the power that it requires to live as believers does not come from within ourselves, but it comes from him who lives in us, and that is the Holy Spirit. We talk a lot about him, but so often we take him for granted. And so for us here at the Village Church, if we're going to live a lifestyle of being salt and light, we cannot do that by just putting it in our daytime or I'm going to be salt today. I'm going to be light today. We need the Holy Spirit to give us a conviction. We need the Holy Spirit to change our hearts, to change our values, our preferences, our worldview. We need him to move in us. So, Father, you know what we need. You know our struggles. You know everything about us. And so as we go out this week, help us to know Jesus more. Help us to enjoy him more. And help us to live a lifestyle that glorifies him. In your son's name I pray.